passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins, back in studio, though, I did appreciate the little patio we had out in Vegas. That that was fun. Weather's so, a little different here, huh? Weather's a lot different <laughs> than here. Yeah, 70 degrees to this stuff. Well, so long as it's not snow, I could live with it. But, Evan, let's just jump right into some football. Um, I guess the biggest, the biggest story, the Harbaugh thing, I see this as everybody's trying to say something. Everybody's trying to be the guy to say, I know something. I think this is a lot like last year. And I learned my lesson from last year. Last year, oh, it looks like, you know, Michigan's going to fire him. They're going to do this. He plays by his own. He goes by his own beat of his own drum. I think in the end, he's going to be back. I think in the end, he may just be testing to see if the NFL really wants him. Now, it, this is something that Michigan and Michigan fans have to live with because it does feel like if the NFL ever offered him a real deal, a legitimate deal, he would take off and leave, which kind of you wonder, you know, is he really that focused on Michigan? I mean, you have to remember he's never stayed at any place longer than five years until now. He's moved on. He's kind of a transient person. He burns a lot of bridges. I'm not saying anything to, to besmirch his name. This is all facts. He leaves places, and he normally doesn't leave places in good terms. No, and it's interesting you say that because what you keep hearing are people talk about his record within the NFL. But what they're failing to mention is why did it end in the NFL? Everything fell apart for him in the San Francisco 49ers. He didn't see eye-to-eye with their GM. Remember all of that? It just blew up in front of their faces, right? And that was off the Super Bowl, right? Right. Was that the following year? And right now, I personally think – People are making a story out of Jim Harbaugh when Jim Harbaugh necessarily isn't even a story. I, Jim Harbaugh is able to compartmentalize everything. When he, I, when he's the head coach of Michigan, he's the head coach of Michigan. Mm-hmm. You don't kind of see him, you know, one eye to the NFL. But I do think if the NFL came calling seriously, and I think only the Raiders are the only ones that are going to come calling. Everything I've seen online, there was like a brief report that the Bears had reached out to him. That wasn't true from right. what I read. And it, that's the one thing is every year that he's talked about the NFL, I don't believe he's ever been offered a real legitimate job. He right? hasn't. It just tells me that that's, that's where his heart is right now. And I think seven years ago, his heart was at Michigan. And now I think his heart is back in the NFL. And it's just curious, too, because you see these stories by The Athletic, and I've talked to you about this, by Bruce Feldman, where 
you know, somebody within the building is saying that if he was offered, he would leave. And then the following sentence is, but their hunch could also be wrong. And to me, that's a problem. As a journalist, why are we writing off of somebody's hunch? You know Man, what I mean? because in this day and age, Harbaugh is the worst thing that could happen to journalism because he keeps quiet. He doesn't say anything. But if there isn't a story so you got to make a, Because your editors are telling you, give me an angle. So you think that there's smoke here. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. I don't think there's smoke here. I think media is making a story out of nothing only because he hasn't come out and said, I'm the head coach of Michigan, which in all reality, he doesn't have to since he is under contract, right? But that's what media does. Right. Okay. They, that media, if, if there's no story, I hate to say it, you make it up. Or you tell, we've now term, turned into TMZ. You dabble in, You dabble in rumors. Yeah. Used to be you needed facts. You needed a source that had to be vetted through multiple people and and go about it that way, where I think as long as you trust your reporter, it's not vetted like that anymore. Because a source within the Chembeckler Hall could be what? The receptionist? A janitor? Dude, it could be anybody. I mean, he doesn't have an agent. Uh, I think he's using John's. A a lawyer is what I'm told. John's agent is kind of his... De facto, I'll, can you do me a solid and float some stuff out there for me? John Harbaugh. You're John right. Harbaugh, okay. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that's what you're probably looking at. And I just think at the end of the day, we're not even going to see a report that he was offered a job. I mean, I think with the Raiders, with the attention-seeking Raiders that they are, the fact that they haven't said anything or Mark Davis hasn't said anything or a real reporter out of Las Vegas hasn't said anything. See, now, now, now that – that will concern me because it's when people go silent is when you know real stuff is happening. Like Harbaugh's right now is on the recruiting trails. He's doing squats, taking pictures. I saw that. Good form. But but when you – it's when people go silent. Like when Mel Tucker went silent and just was like, I'm not talking about that, you knew things were happening behind the scenes. So which way do you think things are happening? Towards the maize and blue or the – Silver th- and black. I think you know what it's. It's. I think that there are two options. There's two pa- two paths, and they're sitting there in front of him. Oh, it's like one of those cool books when we yeah. were younger that you, you could choose pick your, your own, own adventure. Yep. Yeah, you choose your own <laughs> adventure, and yeah, if you believe this, you turn to page thirteen. If you think this, you turn to page eighteen. Right. That's where he is right now. There's a situation he can go either way. I think Vegas has him at plus two fifty. Two fifty and back in the NFL. Uh, I mean, I would I would stick. And I think in the end, he's going to stick at Michigan. So do I. And then you will probably do this topic again next year. Well, depending on how he does. I mean, that the, that kind of tempered the last few years because he didn't get to where he needed to be. And now that I, he I was think, successful, his yeah. name was instantly brought back up. Right. And this tells me this is the most successful he's been at Michigan. And if there's not much, the NFL is a young man's game. I saw a stat that said Tom Brady is older than all the remaining NFC coaches. Isn't that a wild? Brady's, what, 44? Well, other than his own coach, yes. All the yeah, other teams than, that are going right. against him. Yeah. Teams, the, the opposing coaches. That's wild. They're in their 40s, early 40s. You know? Yeah, because it's um, McVay, Shanahan, and um, who am I forgetting? Um, um, McVay, Shanahan, and... Uh, uh, um, it's not on the tip of my tongue. LaFleur. LaFleur. That's yeah. right. And they were all together coaching, weren't they? Yeah. At one time yeah, with the with 40 the, or yeah, the Redskins. Red yeah. So Gosh. when you look at that, that, that's how I see it. It's a young man's game. I don't necessarily see a coach at 58 going back into the NFL. Can you imagine that team, though, going from John Gruden 
to this interim, which everybody seemingly liked, but there was photos of him writing personal letters to every one of his players, so it doesn't seem like they're going to retain him as head coach. But to go from that to then Jim Harbaugh, like, wow, these kids are going to see but something if it, different, if right? It was, if it was any team that would do it. It would be the Raiders. It would be the Raiders. Because I think they're the attention horse. Well, they really they, are. Raiders like to think they're the smartest guy in the room at all times. Well, and, you don't have a haircut like that unless you want people to look at you. Talking about Mark Davis. That is true. As <laughs> Not with well. that kind of money. So that there's your 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 Harbaugh Michigan update. It really isn't an update. I think in the end, this is all for nothing. Yep. He'll be back coaching at Michigan next season. It's a good thing, also. If he leaves, okay. Now, now we have a different type of way to go. But we're choosing our own adventure here, and I'm going to choose the adventure that says he stays status quo. We move on. I agree. All right. Uh, as far as Michigan State, a, a lot of Movement behind the scenes. Uh, hiring of a new defensive line coach. He was originally a defensive ends pass uh, pass rush Special. specialist. But then uh, he ended up becoming just a defensive line coach. And I'm trying to think. Yeah, because Ron Burton, the defensive line coach, abruptly leaves. A lot of people are wondering, well, what happened? I don't know. Um, kind of one of those, he just, I tried texting with him. It just kind of stayed at just a, uh, you know, we didn't dive deep into it. It seemed like he didn't want to talk about it. I figured I'd give him a couple weeks before I really see what was going on. Um, but he's always been kind of guarded and close to the vest. You know, he doesn't really spill out his emotions. Uh, it took a while, like when he was about to leave the first time when Antonio left and he was headed to Indiana, you know, and then Michigan State said, hey, we, we want you to come back here. He's, you know, of all things on defense, Ron Burden's defensive line has been the one consistent. I mean, you can, you can look at how bad the D'Antonio teams were and how bad the defense was last year, but they got sacks. They stopped the run. That was his forte. He is going to be – it's going to be a major loss, and whatever team gets him, I think is going to get a gigantic asset. You kind of wish that he was able – now, I, I'm speculating here, but maybe it just got to the point where he didn't want to share the duties on the defensive line. He It was like his line. He had had that position for two years, and, and when you look at it, there was no reason for him to, to share the spotlight. Yeah, and you also look at it and think, like – are you happy when somebody brings in your replacement and it's like, work with them? Right, and, and your cubicle is right next to him. Yeah, and so, I mean, now talk a little bit about this guy that they brought in their pass rush specialist. Brandon Jordan. So I was picking your brain when we were in Las Vegas because I'm like, how the heck do you become that, you know, without being it in the NFL? And, and I saw the list, what, 165 guys in the NFL have worked with this guy? Yeah, he he, he started off, um, you know, I guess he he – he did it before where he played the position for mostly like in Canada and, and uh, NFL Europe. And then he came back and was doing stuff at a high school. And, you know, he then just kind of was teaching high school kids and kids were posting videos online. And Snacks Harrison, former Lion, mm-hmm. saw this and was like, you know what, I'm going to be in the area – where he was training, I think it was down in, in Dallas, and he said, I'm going to stop by and see if this guy's for real because he sees this. You know, we all see stuff online and you follow it. He goes in there. He, he didn't know if his guy was any good or not, 
and he sold them over, and Snacks Harrison became, like, his first real client, real professional client. And then after that, everybody else just said, okay. Then Ed Oliver started training with him. Rashawn Gary yeah, started like training with him. it's like the of DNs. Now everybody's going in there saying, okay, well, hey, let, let, me, let me do this, let me do that. So, yeah, it's – it's good for Michigan State because this is what this guy does, and um, he's kind of like the um, he's the, the quarterback guy. Um, oh, you guys mentioned his name to me too. I want to say it's like George something or other. Yeah, I'll but, look it up while you keep talking. But talk about just while I look up that name, how good it is for Michigan State because you were telling me how he'll bring in his former guys. Well, he's going to bring in those guys because he's still going to be able to train those guys from my understanding, and they just got to train in East Lansing. So they'll be training at Michigan State's facilities during the, George Whitfield. There it is. Yeah, George Whitfield. So they're going to be training at Michigan State facilities. So, yeah, so now when you see those guys working out, there's going to be a big Spartan logo on the field. You never know what recruits walking through the building, and you look out there, and you're like, oh, my God, you know, that's Vaughn Miller mm-hmm. out there playing. Big fan of his, so you can watch him. Um, it's to get more pressure on the quarterback. I mean, Michigan State got a lot of sacks, but what killed them was third downs. I tell people all the time, you rewatch these games, first and second down, they held their own. It was third and long. Defenses didn't respect them. Yeah, and if they didn't get home – the quarterback was going to complete a pass. Yeah, he was going to complete a – it was third and 13, 14-yard pass, 15-yard pass, and that's how they were not able to get off the field. They would attack, and, yeah. So, yeah, bringing in this guy, and he uh, he does a lot of work in the south in the Louisiana area. Mel Tucker has made – he's made no bones about the fact that he's going after Georgia kids, Louisiana kids. He's going after kids from SEC territory. If you want to be SEC teams – you need teams from the South. You need players from the South to beat the teams from the South. You no, know, I read a quote from uh, one of the recruits and said the thing that he was most impressed by was the belief Mel Tucker had in getting his program to where he needed to be. And I think that's a big thing because, I mean, every coach in America is going to walk into a kid's living room say, I think we have what it takes to win this, this, and this. But actually believing it <laughs> and then seeing it come – and happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mel Tucker can literally say, "Look, look what's happened in one year. Imagine what I could do with three years." Right. You know what I mean? With all my guys doing it how I want to. Now they also went to the portal. They got themselves some defensive help. Amir Speed. They got what Amir a great Speed. Name, by the way, no, they got Amir Speed, but then they lost uh, Maya Gayoti. Correct. The linebacker. But his brother stayed. Right. His brother's at Ohio State. No, Did, no. His, I thought his brother transferred into Michigan no, State. No, 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 no. From both, USC? Both guys were headed to USC. The older brother transferred to Ohio State. Okay. Didn't really do much at Ohio State, and he came here. He was the this top recruit in the 2020 class. He played a little bit. He, I think he had like five snaps in the Peach Bowl, mostly on special teams. I think he he would have been a part of the team. And this is where you see the 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 big the, the the chasm in state fans. Down the line, I think he would have been a, a really good linebacker. But Mel Tucker is more of a I, I gotta strike now while the iron is hot. Building a program isn't the same way you built a program back in the day where give me four or five years. Tucker's getting paid ninety five million dollars. He knows I need results. He's gone out there 
And he's gotten linebackers. He's picked up uh, Brule. He's got uh, Windman from UNLV. He's got Carreras Crouch coming back. Right now, Gaiote was probably third string linebacker. Okay. You got guys. Like I think I don't think Noah Harvey's coming back. No, and you also got Cal Halliday back there. That's gonna you know Cal Halliday. It, basically, Cal Halliday. I, the the he's the Jordan Kovacs from Michigan State. Yeah, he's a guy that has no business being in the mix with the guys he's playing with, but he just. He's the ultimate try-hard guy. Yeah, he does everything well and nothing great. You right. know what I mean? Like He's going to play the position. He's not going to be the one that costs no, you. Right. But you need more out of that position. Because I, I was trying to tell my buddy, and he finally understood. I'm like, I like Cal Halliday, but you need guys more athletic than Cal Halliday out there. And I looked at the, uh, the Oklahoma State-Baylor game, and at the end of the day, the Baylor linebacker makes a tackle at the goal line. And I turned to him and said, that's what Cal Halliday can't do. But these other guys coming in can. They can do that. Or think about the fake punt that Michigan had. Caveras Crouch, sheer athleticism. Got to that side. Got, got him and stopped him before he got the first down. So I say that to say, you know, Gaiotti leaves. He probably would have been a third-string guy. And a lot of these people. They they want to play right away. I'm, I was a top recruit, and I don't want to sit the bench. I don't. I'm third string. You know, he he didn't even want to go through the spring to see exactly what the pecking order was going to be. No, he saw the writing on the wall. Is what it was. So he left, and you know, it, it, more it, power to him. That's the state of college football dude, it, we're in. It happens, and for those people who are all butthurt and upset, then I, all I can say is, look, you you don't want to win because to me, Tucker's trying to do whatever he can to win. Will this work? I can't guarantee and say, oh, absolutely, it's going to work. But he's doing his best to get the best people out on the field right here, right now. Is everybody going to be Kenneth Walker? No, no probably they, not. They struck gold, and you don't do that every year. I mean, look at, I mean, like Georgia this year. How many years in a row did they have just an unbelievable running back? I mean, I'm talking the last seven years, right? right. This year, their running backs were meh. Yeah, and ironically enough, they, they, they won the title with a meh quarterback and an okay running back. And that's my point. So, like, you can do it. You don't need Kenneth Walker every single year. You just need solid No, dudes. you know what you need? You need a defense. And he, he saw how bad his defense was, and he is upgrading his defense. And, and when you look at it, bringing in a mere speed, uh, speed, I think he started in the championship game. He was a part-time starter at at. Georgia. He's a grad transfer. Grad so transfer. He's coming in for probably one year. I don't, I don't know if he used his COVID year or not, but he's coming in and yeah, he's trying to upgrade that secondary. Tucker's not stupid. We all saw how bad the secondary was. He's a defensive now, coach by by trade too, and a defensive so yeah, player. So he so gets now, it. If you could put Ronald Williams out there, because as much as Ronald Williams got maligned at the end of the season, you didn't hear his name once. And that's a good thing. Yeah. It's like an offensive lineman. When you don't hear their names, they're doing their job. I think Kimbrough really showed strides throughout Kimbrough the year. Kimbrough showed stride. But I think if you take speed, you take Ronald Williams and Chuck Brantley. Yes. But Brantley needs to get his hitting under control. That See, you know a what? missile out there, man. I, I, I'm okay with that because he's a punisher. I think he's more of the, the, the uh, third cornerback. He could play safety. You know, he's he's that type of person that you can just kind of be let be the enforcer. You're right. Don't leave with the crown in your helmet. 
because you you got kicked out the Miami game for 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 that and well, a and lot that, of other being a kid from Florida too, so I understand that. And what about the kid that would kept coming off the edge? I forget his name. He's number thirty in the Peach Bowl. They rushed him like six, seven times. That's another kid that I'll be very, Mike Scott. Is that his name or no? Do you know who I'm talking about? Or twenty six was his number? Oh yeah, Brandon Wright. Okay, so Brandon Brand- Wright, former running back. He was a, he came in as a running back. He saw the writing on the wall, decided not to transfer, and said, "Hey, can I go over to the defensive side?" Yeah, I think Brandon Wright. Will be in that mix for pass rushing. I think a guy like Brandon uh, Jordan can take him. He's got a lot. He's got the speed. And he's raw too. He's, he's very raw. You see him on the third down. I think you're going to see him more a lot. So on the third down, coming after you know, trying to get the quarterback and 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 making sure they blow up the play. And that's good because you use your straight line speed for that reason. And I mean, in the Peach Bowl, I mean, he played more snaps than he probably did all year in one game. And I mean, he was just shot out of a rocket and got to the quarterback. And and that's exciting to see, especially against a pit team that was pretty darn good in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, so they're 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 definitely. They've used the transfer portal. They brought in a mere speed. And I keep telling people, you're going to see at least four or five more people hit the portal after the spring practice. Because, you know, a lot of people are, well, is, is this a problem? Why are everybody leaving? It's the nature of college football. Absolutely. And yeah. He may end up having 23 or so people leaving the team. But I always say, here's what you need to realize. Where did the person go next? And a lot of times, most of the times, they went down, which means that you got to ask yourself now, because I used to always say, can this guy help me beat Ohio State? Can this guy help me beat Ohio State? Can this guy help me win a title? If the answer is no, you probably shouldn't take him. A lot of the guys that, that maybe you took chances on, those are a lot of the guys who are leaving and hitting the portal. You took a chance. You know what? There may be something about him. They're like Brandon Wright. Raw. Let me see. Brandon Wright looks like a guy I think will end up taking off. I think Brandon Wright will be a name that you will hear a lot next season as an edge rusher coming off these uh, off that edge, along with Brule, the kid from uh from I think Mississippi was it Ole Miss or Mississippi State? That's about Mississippi State. And, uh, and they got, what is his name, Fogel or whatever from Florida. Fogel from Florida. You're going to see those guys coming off the edge a lot. That hybrid linebacker, defensive end well, type and of position. And with those guys that have speed, too, you can guard a, uh, a tight end if they actually don't decide to blitz them so, and throw out different looks out of that set. But I'm, I'm excited for it. And then, I mean, Rico, we have uh, – it is basketball season, too. Well, hold on. Still a couple more things. Oh, oh. No, there's bad. still a couple more All things. Right. Uh, State also got the uh, the commitment from the running back. Oh, the kid from Texas? Kid from Texas. Uh, the, the Kendrick uh, Reese Kano. Um, Say that ten times fast. Kendrick Reese Kano. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm saying his last name right. Top 250 running back. Top 250 in the nation. Um, big kid, Not just too. running back. He's a big kid. So... Not always going to keep going to the portal to get somebody to play running back for Michigan State. They're looking at at every option, and I, I think at that point, what you're going to see is, you know, yeah, they're they're still trying to get homegrown talent. It's not just oh, you know, 
you're just going after these portal kids. They're still going after other guys, especially a running back, because a running back can play right away. It's one of those positions. If you know what you're doing, you see hole, you hit hole, you go through hole, and you'll be okay. Uh, they also have, I'm trying to find his name, uh, running back coming in from from uh, Colorado. So he's coming for a visit, right? Number 23. He was a big time. He was I think like he was the, a Pac-12 player of the year. He was Pac-12 player of the year from Colorado. I'm trying to look at his name. But, yeah, he's going to be on a visit for the Michigan game. And he, yeah, so I, I – I think that's probably another guy who's going to be coming in. Jarek Broussard. Yeah. He's going to be coming in with Berger, the transfer from Wisconsin, and you're maybe looking at your one-two punch there. I think Harold Joyner gets moved over to the Connor Haywood position where he kind of becomes that H-back kind of mismatch type of thing. catch it out of the backfield. Because the thing about Connor Haywood, he was always the option that everybody forgot about with all the receivers and everything. So offensively, I think you're going to have something. Um, but yeah, the, the Michigan weekend is going to be another big weekend. It's and, next weekend, right? Yes, next, next weekend. Is that next Sunday? That they're bring, yeah, they're bringing in, um, they're bringing in the, that him along with some other guys next Saturday. Yeah, they're they're bringing in some other guys who um can can be potential players. But yeah, they are definitely looking at other pieces. So you're going to see. You're going to see um, more additions. I think probably you, you'll you see at least two or three more additions that get added to the team from that. So, all right. Basketball. My favorite. Basketball. Michigan bounces back. They beat a Minnesota team. They got Indiana No, coming. Maryland. They beat Maryland. 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 A horrible beat, Maryland team, they beat, by the way. They oh, beat Maryland. Goodness. They got Indiana fresh off of their upset victory last night over Purdue, which is funny because, I mean, they rushed the court, but I guess they hadn't beaten Purdue in so long. And I don't even blame them anymore because Indiana's kind of like Michigan football where, like, they have all of the glory and everything. But, I mean, how long has it been since Indiana's won a Big Ten title? But I'll tell you what, that matchup between Trace Jackson Davis and Hunter Dickinson is going to be one to watch if you're a basketball fan. It is. Uh, Trace got into foul trouble, so he really got nullified in the game. Um, you're going to see what happens. I think the game's in Indiana, so it you, is. Know, you can get 330. home. You can get home cooking. That that game is going to say a lot about how quickly Michigan has bounced back and can they have the momentum to carry over from the Maryland game. Michigan State takes on Wisconsin at the Cole Center. Uh, Friday night, uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I really dig the Friday night games. But I do. I really do you? do. you know why? Because as I got older, I don't do anything on a Friday night, so it's entertainment for me on a Friday night. And it makes me feel like it's a big game. And I remember a couple years ago they had their first Friday night game and they wore those black and neon green jerseys. And wow. I was like, all right, I can get behind this. And that's how I, I feel. And I I mean, this is a big test for Michigan State. It's a huge test for Michigan State. Can you? I mean, Wisconsin is one of the top teams in the nation. They don't make a ton of mistakes. I mean, they play Wisconsin basketball. It's boring. Uh, Davison's there for his 85th year. Yeah, well, and Johnny Davis is playing himself as a lottery pick. Right. And if you're MSU, here's how you beat Wisconsin. You got to turn the ball over less than 10 times. And you got to be proficient and hit probably close to 45 to 50% of your three-point shots. Yeah. 
And yeah, you can't do anything stupid. Wisconsin's going to make you value every possession. If you fall behind by more than seven points, man, that's like a 15 point lead. Anybody else, it's hard to come back against Wisconsin, especially now that they actually have a score on their team. And he's good, man. Um, yeah, you're going to be fighting the crowd. You know, hopefully Marcus Bingham can get back to post COVID form. Man, you know, there's a lot. Max Christie, how does he handle that road type of environment? Let's face it. They've been flirting with disaster for a long time. It's almost North- like Izzo was waiting for it, and it couldn't have fallen on a perfect game. I don't think he was waiting had for a week. It. it. But it was just one of those, you saw it against Northwestern. It finally happened. But every game that they played, it was like, geez, guys, you you know, you're better than this team. And that's the only Nebraska, reason that they won all like, those games. It's because yeah, they like, were physically better, and they were able to overcome those turnovers but when you face a team that is either equal with you or just below and you turn it over a bunch of times like 13 what do we figure that they gave up 17 offensive rebounds and 17 turnovers no they gave up it was like 32 uh, uh, extra possessions yeah is what we figured it was 32 out. extra possessions it was 17 uh turnovers and uh, you know like 15 offense 11 something like that offensive rebounds i mean you could show that to somebody that's never watched a game of basketball in their life and they'd be like yeah that's not you're good. not that good to overcome that yeah you know so you you can't have the unforced and it's the thing that Izzo's been saying for long is beating his head throwing the ball out of bounds you know getting the pass and your foot's out of bounds like those are the stupid ones not you're working hard and aggressively and you're throwing a pass and it deflects off somebody but just the un it's almost like a false start in football. You know the play count. Getting a false start is unacceptable. Yeah, it's mental at that point. Right. It's not like you get a holding call to protect your quarterback from getting killed. You live with that one. But, yeah, going up against Wisconsin, and then they got at Illinois on Tuesday. Man, if, you, if you're MSU and you can split one of those, I think you're still sitting pretty good and getting one of the top four seeds in the um, Big Ten tournament, in the Big Ten tournament, and in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's what you're trying. To, you're shooting for. If you could split one of those, you're still in the hunt to to maybe even sneak in and and possibly win the Big Ten. But I think for, for Michigan State, the goal is just getting the top four for the Big Ten tournament. Get the double bye and start play on Friday. That's what you're looking for. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, you, you're going to go up against two of the best teams right now, two of the hottest teams outside of – well, Purdue just lost, but Illinois is back, and Wisconsin is just – they're a different type of Wisconsin because now they got a score. A legit score. Johnny so, Davis is so good. If you haven't watched him, watch that game on Friday night, and it'll be great. Now, so. my question for you. I blame you for getting me back into comic books, so I've now bought a few. But let's say we're in a comic book world, right? Mm-hmm. Who wins in a fight, Bucky the Badger or Sparty? I'm talking like a comic book fight, like Invincible style. Like all, no holds barred. I mean, we're going a Badger against a dude that works out a ton. I, I, I got to think the in the end, it's probably going to be the Spartan because he's going to have a, a sword. And he's and he gonna has be thumbs. Able to- He's got thumbs. The Badger is a small, pesky, ferocious rodent is what a Badger <laughs> is. And, 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 you know, when you back him into the corner, they're the most dangerous. So Sparty would win, 
but he would have a lot of bite and scratch marks and probably, you know, got to go get a tetanus shot afterwards <laughs> or rabies. I, I figure I like that answer. I figure I'd throw something a little off the wall. There to you. you go. Wow. I, I didn't see that one coming, Evan. <laughs> All right. For Evan Jenkins and Rico Beard, thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone. Uh, make sure you tell your friends and uh, keep subscribing, and we will be back next week.